This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Rolene Marks, a very good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, and I have to say a huge thank you uh, to you or to uh, whoever is choosing the music because that is the first dance I've had in ages. No, you didn't need to see me dancing in my pajamas in my office this morning. Uh, either way, that's the thing. Tishaba is over, and you know what? We, there is reason to celebrate, even though it hasn't been a very easy week in Israel, has it been? No, uh, it has been probably one of the most difficult weeks I can remember in a long time. You know, I've lived here through wars and waves of terror uh, and, you know, nothing galvanizes the Israeli people more than feeling under threat. But this time there is a different sense of threat in the country uh, and you can definitely feel people's divisions and people's sadness uh, and, quite frankly, uh, uncertainty about where we are going in the future and, and fear. Yeah, and uh, and that's what there seems to be. It's, it's, the sides have, have solidified in a way. And uh, there doesn't seem to be – everybody's trying to say, well, yes, we must respect each other. But is there a lot of respect going on? Well, it depends if you ask me in my personal capacity or if you want me to give a, a, a feeling of what's happening at the moment. Now, the, the last polls had about 62% of Israelis who are not pro these reforms. The majority of people do want to see some kind of negotiated, broad-based consensus. And, of course, you've got hardliners uh, on either side. But Sunday very, very much was... Uh, a wake-up moment for Israel, the speed in which uh, the reasonableness law was passed, the reactions to it, the, the ramifications which have been absolutely uh, lightning fast. Uh, and I think right now we are just reeling from what we are seeing as one assault after the other. Standards and Poor yesterday becoming the latest credit ratings company joining um, Morgan Stanley, Moody's, Citibank, uh, warning against the impact that this is having on Israel's economy. We can definitely see it in the effect on the shekel and on the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange. The Prime Minister and Bettinel Smotrich, our uh, finance minister, brushing it off the other day saying, you know, this is just a temporary when the dust settles, people will see uh, how robust Israel's democracy is. And the chief, uh, the CEO of the, the Bursa uh, two nights ago saying, 
don't ignore these warnings. These warnings are very, very serious, and, and we are seeing this. And um, Israelis right now are very, very frustrated. There, there's a feeling that the prime minister says one thing to the um, American media, uh, doesn't is, is not speaking to his own uh, people, mm-hmm. and there's a feeling that because we will push back against him, uh, there's a feeling that there's a loss of control over this government. We watched on Sunday, many of us couldn't believe what we were seeing in the Knesset as um, uh, Yoav Galant, Likud, Defence Minister, other Likud members begging and pleading, please go to negotiations. Of the Justice Minister absolutely refusing to budge. Itamar uh, Ben Gavir running up and down with the pieces of paper, which uh, in the end uh, threatened to topple the coalition if there was any compromise, and the Prime Minister just sitting in the middle doing uh, nothing. Not to mention the selfies being taken after this law, which has brought a tremendous amount of hurt to the people of Israel, was passed. Yeah, and there was almost a sense of gloating then with those selfies, wasn't there? There, there didn't seem to be much of a understanding or sensitivity that this is very scary for a, a significant sector or segment of the population. Well, it's not even just a significant sector or segment of the population anymore. It's the majority of the population. You know, poll after poll after poll from uh, from, from different sources, different sides, uh, have it that over 60% of this country don't want what is happening, feel that these reforms uh, were not transparent, are being shut through at a, a, a rapid rate. And, you know, uh, I know that there are people out there saying, well, this is what the, the majority of, a, of the people uh, elected to have. And I just want to be clear, this is not the majority of the people who voted for this. This was, yes, uh, a party that uh, won an election um, by a, a small, a very, very small margin to the next Party that came in second, and and Israel, it, it's about the coalition building, not the majority, uh, and this is being pushed through by a coalition that is also divided on whether these um, reforms should go through, and the government is mandated to to govern. It is not mandated to change the very identity and makeup of the state. Right. Uh, in terms of, you know, how much of this, though, is self-fulfilling? And uh, the question that I'm asking is really about, on the economic side, it's, it, we, know, we understand that the way the economy works is all about confidence, and it's all about positivity, people spending, people investing money, etc. The fact that the, there has been this negative impact, isn't that actually just some something that is self-fulfilling in terms of the reaction to the judicial reform. In other words, if people didn't react as strongly, then the economy wouldn't be so so significantly impacted. But instead it has happened, and then people are saying, look, look what it's doing to the economy. Isn't it a bit of a circular discussion in a way? 
Well, it's not just the economy that's been impacted. We can see what's happening to Israeli society, which is very, very fractured. Uh, our enemies are absolutely, you know, they have their knives and forks ready. Uh, their expectation mm-hmm. is to dine on the carcass of, of Israel. Uh, but it's also impacting on our security, and that is absolutely critical. We have uh, reservists after reservists from uh, across the um, spectrum of the army saying that they're not coming to, to, to duty because they don't trust who is giving the commands. This was uh, said by 230 pilots earlier this week. So what do we mean by that? We mean that if reasonable standards as they have been have been removed and an override clause which is proposed goes through and we sit with a situation where um, you have the Betzela Smotriches and the Ben Gavirs of the world being able to uh, override a ruling because now they do have portfolios in the uh, security establishment. Our soldiers, and I think this speaks to the moral code of the IDF, say that they cannot carry out the orders from uh, two people and members of the coalition who are on record are of saying things that are are, are, are racist and, and could harm the integrity of the army and the state of Israel. And the Israeli economy is built very much on security and, and, and what we have to offer the world from a security perspective. And we are seeing the ramifications with that. What What is astounding is that our Prime Minister, who is probably one of the smartest men in the world, uh, doesn't seem to be internalizing the warnings. We've just had in the last hour or so retired Justice uh, Menachem Mazuz, who's a former Attorney General, who has said that this overhaul package is corrupt. Uh, and he says his concern is Israel's on the brink of dictatorship. It's, uh, it, did, did, uh, the fact that it was Tisha B'Av yesterday, which was all about, and, uh, and we taught in our history, that it is all about the hatred Jew upon Jew, uh, did this uh, bring any balance or measure back to the discussion? Well, there are a lot of people saying, you know, uh, we need to take a, a, a lesson here. We need to look at what has happened in our history when there is sinat uh, chinam, when there is baseless hatred. And remember who we are. You know, uh, I've spoken about it so many times this week, but um, go back to Sunday and that magnificent image of... Uh, pro-reformer and anti-reformer reaching their arms yeah. across the divide uh, say, you know, we are one, we are, we are brothers uh, and we can't lose sight of that. And, and it is my hope that this is going to be built as, uh, as I firmly believe, peace is built by the citizens upward and not uh, um, uh, what we will see coming from the top down. Uh, and uh, the the coalition has to respond to the will of its people. One hopes that they will respond to the will of the people, because even within our coalition government, there are divisions about uh, these reforms. It's so frightening. And then when we look at the next story that I wanted to talk to you about, you you just wonder, you just wonder if uh, if. These aren't simply the consequences of perhaps our own behavior. Sweden approves a Torah 
burning in Stockholm outside the Israeli embassy. Yeah, because nothing says um, anti-Israel like the burning of a Torah, right? Um, Aliyah and Integration Minister Ofer Sofer has expressed con- strong condemnation um, of the woman's intention to burn the Torah. What on earth is this about? Well, I hope everybody's sitting down because I can't believe that we are back here again. So the, the police in Stockholm, now, if we go back two weeks ago, where the entire Jewish world, we had the prime, Israel's prime minister, our president, our foreign minister, our di- director of foreign affairs, our ambassador to, uh, to Sweden, the chief rabbi, the head of the World Zionist Organization, uh, members of Knesset, ordinary Israelis, religious leaders, uh, leaders across the Jewish world, appealing not just to King Gustav but to the Swedish government, don't let this go through. This is an absolute desecration. This takes us back to painful times in our history. Uh, we've seen what has happened in the Muslim world with the burning of, of a Quran, um, which has been roundly condemned by so many of us. You do not burn holy text, whether it be a Quran, uh, a, a New Testament Bible, or a Torah. But the, I don't know. I, I don't know if the Stockholm police are just the stupidest bunch of people on the planet, but they've granted a woman in her 50s permission to gather outside the Israeli embassy today to light the Torah with a lighter. Now, please, everybody, pause what you're doing for her rationale. Her rationale is that it is a manifestation for children's rights in Sweden that are systematically violated. So nothing says let's stand up for the rights of children than burning a sacred holy text of the Jewish people outside the Israeli embassy. It's, it's just beyond me. It's absolutely incredible that, as you say, we've come back to this. And, and the ultimate what freedom of expression is doing something to somebody else that is unbelievably hurtful but actually does no, you no good at all. So it's not as though uh, your life is enriched or anyone's life is enriched by burning a Torah or a Koran or anything else. But uh, it's just your need to show that you can. And the fact that this is allowed, you know, we keep going back. Uh, the, we keep going back to this, this phrase that I love, which is my right to swing my arms ends at your nose. And that's exactly right. You know, the, you, you, you can do whatever you want. But when you start harming me and when you start harming my religion, it's an absurdity. And how this is allowed is, is just all in the name of, of freedom. So we disrespect you in the name of our own freedom. How, how is this even possible? Do you think it's going to go ahead? I hope it doesn't go ahead. You know, there was such an outcry two weeks ago, and, and the uh, guy that uh, proposed to do it said, you know, he just uh, he wanted to show or he, or he wanted to test to see if there would be as equal a reaction uh, to the burning of a Torah as there, as there was to the burning of a Quran. And I think we are all in agreement that the burning of any holy text to any religion is absolutely beyond the pale, uh, vile, appalling and repugnant. Uh, but I worry that this has started a revolting new trend that if I want to express my freedom of expression now on children's rights, because really nothing says let's respect the children than being distracted 
destructive and disrespectful, that we are going to see people saying, well, I'm just going to take a, a, a Jewish Torah and burn it. Yeah, it's, it, it's just absolutely bizarre and uh, let's hope that nothing that this doesn't ultimately go ahead that's what happened the last time but uh, let's uh, this somehow does feel a little bit different it's it, and i just can't help but link it to what's going on in israel maybe that is my own world view or naivety but i think that's what happens uh, effectively when when you see this type of conflict happening from within our own. Rolene Marks, it hasn't been an easy week for you either. I know that no matter what you say about this, you get attacked. So just you uh, keep hanging in there and uh, saying what you need to say, and we'll catch you next week. Wishing you a Shabbat Shalom. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebluagency.com.